and we're recording. So, hello, welcome to Book Club Night and the Grand Life Network. You guys know how we do, us as women, coming together to read mind-elevating books with the Grand Life Knit Ladies and uh, the Grand Life, right? I think that's something to always talk about, which is us making the best out of our lives and using the tools that we have to make them even better. And so what we've done together is committed to that mission by actually coming together to do different things, share different resources to actually help each other. And one of the best things we do is actually read these mind-elevating books to help each other as we're all going through our tests and trials and um, actually picking up these gems from other people that have been there, done that, and are passing along those gems. So I think one of the... Um, one of these books that was suggested by Mimi, which I think was so great, uh, by Michelle Obama, who when I say has been there, done that, I was definitely interested in reading because I'm like, oh yeah, she went to Harvard and Princeton and, you know, she done walked that other side that a lot of us don't really get to experience. So I thought it was a very interesting perspective to see how even someone from Chicago, you know, went and lived that life and is still becoming who she is. So last book club, we talked a lot about her upbringing because one of the great things about her book, Becoming, is the way that it's sectioned. So it has three different sections, Becoming Me, Becoming Us, and Becoming More. So that's the three different like chapters that she has, well, big chapters that she has smaller chapters within. And the whole book is just really her talking about her life, her story. She's just telling her story, which was um, a very interesting story. And again, like I said, last book club, we really dove into her childhood and those lessons that she learned as a child and how that was so important because those lessons that we learned as a child are those same lessons that we then continue to carry with us into adulthood and then also continue to pass on and add on to. So I thought that was uh, very interesting to go there. And so this book club, I don't want to really want to dive too much into the intricacies of her story because literally her book is so long if you listen to it on audible i say it was like 19 hours or something like that so one of those longer audible books where she really went into her story so if you are interested in hearing like the details of her story i'm gonna tell you go listen to it or go read it because she gonna tell you all about it better than i can but some of the things I definitely picked up were just some of those lessons. You guys know um, that's what we're doing. We're adding these books to our two belt. And I think, again, being able to build on to what we already talk about and already do with adding these tools to that is what makes that so powerful. So one of those first lessons that I really took away when she was talking about who she was becoming from her and then also, you know, when she started getting with her significant other was the very first lesson that we all have to know, which is knowledge of self. And how many times have you guys heard that like, oh, knowledge of self is so important, but do you even really know what that means? And it's like listening to Michelle Obama talk about her story, you can hear how much she has knowledge of self with the issues that she's gone through, her parents and their issues. And that's what knowledge of self is, understanding where you come from. Right, understanding you come from a mother, you come from a father. What kind of issues did you get from your environment that you were raised in, that your mother planted, that your father planted? And then taking it even further, because they got parents, and your mother got a mom and dad, and your dad got a mom and dad. Understanding what they went through and their parents, you know, and really starting to continue to get deeper. I know. It was a few years ago when I really do, like dove deep into that knowledge of self. And I went all the way back to, I could let you know what plantation my folks came up on out in Virginia. Because I really wanted to understand, like, 
where all of this, you know, kind of came from. And I know it, it kind of sucks because it's not even that's not where it started. Where this past, I want to say, week or so, my husband and I had he, he was going through this fast and everything. And we had a whole lot of revelations that it even gets further than that. What what happened before history starts to you know show itself? So. I encourage everybody to take the time to learn knowledge of self. Look at your own life and start to understand that because, again, when you are able to identify those problems that you have as an individual that you've gotten from your parents and from your upbringing, that's when, again, you can start to nurture those things, right? And um, why that is so important is because you also have to, again, before you can even connect with others, you have to know yourself because you have to be able to understand your problems before you can combine with others. And that's one of those things she made clear as she talked about getting with Barack as she talked about becoming a mother. And again, she would always bring up those issues of insecurity that she had kind of had um, at, when she was coming up. And when I talk about those issues of insecurity that she had coming up, one of the things she talked about was worrying about what others think and, and how that puts you on an established path. And it's like, okay, we've talked about that idea too of like being so concerned about how others perceive us, right? But again, think about how she put it when it says, it puts you on a specific path because, oh, she was she was used to telling people, oh, I want to be a pediatrician or I'm going to law school. And people being like, oh, wow, that's impressive. And that being the response that she was going for and that being a big reason on why she wanted to do that. So for someone like her, it wouldn't look right for her to say, oh, no, I want to go to art school instead. Because at that point, maybe people wouldn't be like, oh, that's impressive. But instead, they might have some more questions like, eh, are you sure? And again, how that kind of mindset in itself, again, puts you on an established path and also deters you from making different decisions that you might actually want to pursue because you don't want others to look at you a certain way or question or not look at you as on, oh, wow, that's so impressive that that's what you're deciding to do. And so, um, again, it is really interesting when she says that and how it stops you from swerving almost, right? Again, because you also are on this path and we talk about, you know, those detours that can happen. But again, even having that mindset stops you from swerving off of those paths because of that fear that you'll lose on what others would think. Um, and then again, how that just comes into, well, am I good enough? So then that, that continues to haunt you on if others aren't giving you that validation, are you on the right path? And what does that look like for you? What does that path look like and who satisfaction matters to you for helping you determine that? And again, all of that comes into that very first one on knowledge of self. What matters to you? Because once you've established what matters to you, then a lot of those other things don't mean as much to you, right? You're not looking for other people to validate your decisions because that's also what it comes down to when you're like, oh, I'm about to go do this. And you want somebody to be like, yeah, that's a good idea. It doesn't matter if they think that's a good idea or not because you should have faith in what you're doing and what you got going on and let that be what pushes you. And that's a lot of those things that she continues to kind of allude to. Even when she talked about her and Barack Obama getting married and what that looked like. Um, one of the things that she had mentioned that I think was a really great quote, quote was, you find ways to adapt. If you're in it forever, then there's no other choice. And that's so and why I really like that quote, especially off of this whole idea on like knowledge of self 
and letting that be what propels you down that path is it's okay to adapt right one of the lessons that we've always continued to learn which is you you make your goals but you have to always go and recalibrate right because maybe it's not working all the way and there's no need to continue down the wrong path also right there's it's okay to adapt it's okay to learn every day and apply those lessons especially when you're trying to combine your life with someone else's because like we just mentioned oh you have to have knowledge of yourself and then when you're trying to meet with somebody else, you got to know where they come from and where their parents come from and so on and so forth. Because then y'all have kids and now you got a kid that got both of y'all genes in it. And to even understand your kids' genes, then you got to understand, again, all that goes into even what made them. So, and why I even say that is because, um, you know, she was talking about how when Barack Obama was about to go start running for president. And uh, one of her daughters, I think it was like Malia, she asked Barack Obama like, don't you think you should become vice president first before you think you just become president? Like, you know, I don't know about that one, Pops. But again, it was Michelle Obama in that moment, also taking that moment to say, I understood that came from one of my seeds on wanting to take that slow route and thinking that, oh, you want to slow grind things instead of her dad's route on always being super ambitious, right? So again, being able to reflect on that and say, you know what? I'm not going to let my insecurities stop my husband from pursuing his dreams and becoming the first black president of the United States. And more importantly, I want to also let this be an opportunity to show my daughters that they can take a leap of faith and go and try to be whatever they want as well without feeling the need to slow grind themselves and also slow down their own path right because time is of the essence this is one of those hard lessons i have been learning my own self about how precious time is and how you know when an opportunity presents itself that's what time it is you know and you want to spend your time preparing yourself so that when those opportunities present themselves you're able to seize that moment and you know also in those kind of moments you see where it's like michelle might question that and say oh i don't know because you know she was very hesitant in the beginning until she walked onto the stage and finally understood that full vision but barack was steadfast in it because he had already known everything he had been doing up until that was leading up to that moment so again it comes down to that trust and believing in yourself and um knowing what you're capable of too right because once you'd be like man Barack Obama knew who he came from like and and that's where when I was reading the story I feel like there's a lot of if you know you know kind of moments with where, where they real deep dark deep parts in their story because again they are still the first black people up in the White House and it takes a little more than you know who you know and what you really got to do to get in there so I didn't get into it even when she was talking about like her dad and how he really helped with like campaigning and stuff like that and um, for someone like myself, I think I would be a lot more intrigued to know a little bit more of those gory details that go into like the politicians and like becoming and those kind of things. But I understand, you know, you got to be politically correct in these books and can't put it all out there. But again, he is connected and he knew who he came from and who he was always destined to be. And he didn't even let his wife who may have questioned that deter him from that path and so it's like you have to have that same steadfast when you have your dreams you know even those closest to you that's what they tell you be mindful of your circle because you also don't want to have a circle full of doubters that are always going to be making you question your own dreams as soon as you tell them you got a dream 
right? Right before this, we like, oh, what y'all about to do with your time? And Zay over here like, oh, I'm going to start a business. Ain't none of us say, oh, girl, that's too much. No, you need to do something else. It's like, okay, cool. That's that's exciting to hear what kind of business that you want to do, you know? And that's why we even did things like created this Grand Life Network where it's like, let's surround ourselves by other women that want to continue to get better and are looking for these tools to help us get better down that path. And um, so that's why I was just saying, you know, nurturing those roots are really important and why knowledge of self is so important. Because, again, it helps you even with how you interact with people and be able to build those relationships with people. Um, And so then, you know, she talked a lot about him being reelected, the kids growing up and really, you know, giving you that full background on what it was like, you know, being that first lady, her even becoming more, um, I don't want to say not outspoken, but at first, you know, she was a little bit outspoken and just herself where she had to learn there's a time and a place, you know, and again, when it comes to that adapting, not changing who you are, but adapting and polishing that so that you can become who you're destined to be, right? Like I said, there was a moment when she walked out onto the stage and she's seen the people like, oh, I get it. And it's like, we don't even understand how big our purpose is until sometimes that light bulb, you know, flashes or or turns on. And it's like, up until that moment, we still have to be um, trustworthy in that. And so uh, one thing I really had liked, again, as she was kind of really talking about how she's growing from each stage of her life, basically, because, you know, her kids basically grew up in the White House as well. She talked about her kids going to prom and like literally them all growing. They spent eight years in that White House. So um, she talked a lot about transition and exactly what that was, because each you know, each time in their life was a new transition that they were going through. You know, they had never done that before. And so everything was just new and how it's okay to transition. Um, And one of the quotes that she said that I think was just amazingly put was, a transition is exactly that, a passage to something new. And how many times do we sit here and ask for that new thing, a new house or a new car or um, a new salary, or, you know, even a new shirt, you know, something that we're all looking for that's new, um, that we don't have already. What does it really take, though, to get to that new thing that we're looking for? What kind of transition do we have to make in order to receive that new thing that we're trying to go after? And again, it takes that transition, whether that's a transition of your mindset, a transition of your energy, because energy is so important. How are you spending that energy and transitioning it in a way so that you can accomplish and attain all that you're actually trying to get? And not only that, but also there's a transition in between after you've gotten it, right? Because even when when she was talking about how now they're leaving the White House and how much better she also felt at that point, which was one of my favorite parts of the story. Because she was saying how um, one of these quotes that I put from there was, when your time is up, you're left in many ways to find yourself all over again. And how many times we feel that, that feeling? I don't know about y'all, but I feel like there's so many times when it's like, a chapter has ended in my life, and I'm like, whew, I feel like myself again. Like, that, that was tough, but I'm kind of getting back to normal. I'm trying, I'm kind of getting back in my groove, and I'm feeling like myself again here. And that was that transition. And not only do we feel like ourselves again, but we feel like that better person of ourselves. We look back at what we had just went through and was like, man, 
I can clearly see the lessons that I learned and where I could have moved different and how now I can take that lesson and apply as I'm moving forward. <laughs> and so one of the other things that I thought was really great at the end of the story, because just like I had mentioned in the beginning, she was very hard on herself, right? And thinking about how she wanted that acknowledgement to be everything she was doing was so impressive and that even changing to her being the first lady and not only her, oh, going from being so impressive to being overly criticized, right? And so now once she actually, their eight years was up and they're out the White House, that's when she felt unhooked, right? And felt like, oh, she was finally free again. And her husband didn't have the nation of on his shoulders. She didn't have to be, oh, this super politically correct first lady. Her kids could go and live their life. And again, that's when she felt like almost a relief. Uh, not having that pressure uh, on this perception of everybody always criticizing every single thing and being excited for that next chapter. And so with that, I took that lesson again to be excited for that next chapter. Even when you're going through that transition, knowing that, oh, that rainbow at the end of that storm is going to come. And um, one of these beautiful quotes that I, came, that I took from that <clears throat> about what becoming actually is to her, which is, Becoming isn't arriving somewhere or achieving a certain aim. I see it instead as forward motion, a means of evolving, a way to reach continuously to a better self, and the journey doesn't end. And then she went on to say how she's still becoming a better mother, right? Her daughter is older and she's still not like, oh, well, they're 18 out the house. I was the best mother that I could be. No, she understands she's still their mother and she still is becoming a better mother because she's still learning how to be a mother for them at this age. And at that, she's learning from them as well. And also, um, again, being a better wife for her husband at this point. They've been married how many years, been through how much together, but even understanding, oh, not only that, but how to make a life with someone. Because again, you're joining these two lives where she had her whole own career. When her and Barack first got together, she was mentoring him in the law firm, you know, and, and then everything switched around and he became the spotlight. So again, it, it takes a lot when you start to learn how to balance two lives. And she understands that all of this stuff is still in progress. There wasn't no, oh, well, we got married, so that was the end goal. Or my kids got eight, turned 18, so that was the end goal. So now on to the next. No, those are still things that you're becoming better of um and so with that um let me see so then she even says even as a powerful person again she still feels that same insecurity sometimes you know in this free space that she has and so she says with that she keeps in mind that becoming requires two parts patience and rigor and never giving up on the idea that more is growing so not only understanding that you know you have more to come but really, again, being in that moment, you know, one of the last books that we read was, and I love using this quote here, um, because again, it's something that really impacted me, which was, if you set a goal, and you're on your way to achieving that goal, you're already standing in your pile of diamonds in that moment, because you are living that you are trying to reach that goal, and you are becoming the person you're trying to be, and you will reach that goal. So again, when we put those kind of quotes together, <clears throat> about the secret to being becoming successful and then we see someone like michelle obama who to us would seem like she became successful you know and have reached these heights and, and became a lawyer and became 
a powerful woman and you know reached a lot of those goals that she tried to accomplish and still is saying but there's even more to become past that there is no end goal and um keeping that in mind is what helped her get to all of that is by not setting that as an end goal but getting there and still wanting to become more and uh wanting that <clears throat> so another good point that I took that um, aside from everything that she was becoming and wanted to become, which was what she didn't want to become. And so I did drop two questions in here for everybody, which is, what do you want to become? Who are you becoming? But I also dropped a bonus question on what will you not become? Because that's just as important as what are you trying to become, right? What are some of those things that you're going to not let yourself become? Right. And so with that, she kind of goes into how she didn't want to become hard, you know, seeing a lot of the criticism, seeing a lot of the black backlash, because, you know, like everybody in the in the country wasn't happy that we had black president and first lady in the White House. So imagine how much criticism she received on the daily and not wanting to oh let that harden her instead. So she took a lot of that. <clears throat> And again, allowed it to show her what she didn't want to become. In those moments, she thought about her parents and the people that she grew up around and really like looked tunnel visioning into those good things that she's seen them become and wanting to become things of that instead. And so she says how she was able to hold on to that was optimism. And she said optimism is the antidote for fear. Just like her father, when he had started getting sick, and about to pass away, he still moved like he was fine. He didn't let fear stop him. He let optimism that everything was going to be okay. And that even when he did pass, there was better on the other side. And that his family would be okay. That's what allowed him to actually enjoy those last days that he had there with his family. You know, or her mother. And her mother's belief in that neighborhood. When everybody else started to move out, it was her mother that still be believed in the neighborhood and the importance of being connected to that neighborhood that had her stay. Like, nah, this is where we grew up. This is where we're about to be. And again, she's from Chicago. So we know, you already know, you know, when those neighborhoods start turning bad, it's not easy to say, you know, but her mother still believed in the neighborhood and believed not only in the neighborhood, but that she made an impact on that neighborhood by staying there and being able to show the people in that neighborhood that, you know, you can grow up from here and still be sensible and be the mother of Michelle Obama. You know, you don't have to go and choose to be in these streets. You can be whatever you want to be. And I thought that was so powerful. And then she even gave just a general example about kids and think about them, like they wake up every day excited about the day, believing that this day is about to bring something new and exciting for them and how we have to do it just for them because the world is tough and it's it's on us to really nurture that hope and make that day better for them. And so I thought that was really amazing, especially as she goes on to say that um, through her life, one of the things she always did is every door that had opened up to her, she always opened up for other. So the biggest thing she sees that we can do is to let continue to let people come in, open up the, those doors and continue to let people come in. And um, one last quote here that really brought it home, which is there's power in using your authentic voice and story and hearing others. That's how we become. Because also, it's not about just who you become, 
but again, who we become as humans, right? As, oh, if you believe in this oneness and how we're all connected and all, all intertwined for this bigger purpose, you have to step aside from that selfishness and understand, oh, not only are you achieving these these goals to better yourself and your kids and next generations, but you're also bettering humanity, right? Like say, for example, Black Queen is here with us today. And she probably don't even know how her book has changed my own family's life. Aside from me telling her many times, but I don't know if she really be believing me when I'm like, girl, you don't know how many times me and my son have read her book and just our morning routine on. And I'm over here like, Zach, you know what, Erica, she put her shoes on. She listened to her mom and how that made an impact in our lives. And again, taking a step back to understand how when we open those doors for each other, and listen to each other how we can all become something bigger. So y'all know that was really impactful to me because that's what I'm all about. You know, I don't only try to go and learn my own lessons, but I try to keep it transparent and let everybody see as I'm learning lessons to show people it's possible. So I think um, Michelle Obama saying the same kind of things again was just really inspirational to say, hey, you on the right track. And it's important for us to continue to share those stories and hear from each other and continue to build with each other. So with that being said, I would love to hear from the ladies of the group about our focus questions for today on who are you becoming and our little bonus question on what will you not become. Now, I know Zay might have to leave a little early. So, Zay, would you like to kick it off for us? Yes, I will. Um, I actually wrote mine down because I was excited once you put the question down. <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll read it. Um, I am becoming different in a good way. As everyone knows, life is all about learning lessons and growing from them. And I've been in that constant stage of healing for a few months now. But that opened other doors for me, which included becoming more self-aware privately and publicly. Um, which in turn turned into becoming more sonder, something I really, if ever, really thought about. So truthfully, I've been becoming a lot of things, but to sum that up in a whole spiel, I'm becoming more mature, healed adult, because I feel like people don't realize that after you're a teenage, you really think you're an adult, and you really still don't know nothing. (laughs) And we're all still growing, so... We're not adults, even though I'm 28 years old. I still don't feel like an adult. So becoming, you know, self-aware, becoming more mature and uh, just uh, mature. And how do you, what is another word for that? I'm trying to think of a a different word for that. It's self-awareness, maturity, and there's a word, but I'm missing it. As soon as I'm going to have to listen to the replay and I'm going to remember the word as soon as I hear this, I know it. But there's another word I'm thinking about. I can't think about it. I'm not going to take up time trying to remember what it is. But I'm just really trying to look at different um, at things differently in life because, you know, we all have to develop. We all have to keep on learning and never stay stagnant. That's what I don't want to become. Never want to be stagnant. I feel like having a stagnant mindset, having a stagnant like aura that's just not, it's not good for anyone. It's its always good to keep on, you know, rolling with the punches. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm becoming. And yeah, 
No, I love that. And I think that's, man, that's that's underrated, man. When you say that maturity, and um, if you remember that word, drop it in, drop it in the group chat. But I will. I will. That, that is definitely something, right? Like you said, we could be 28 and it's still like, man, I'm still figuring this adult in and mom and wife life out. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know, you know. And then and for, my, for a while, I had to keep, I felt like I was 23 still for so long. And I'm like, man, I'm about to be 30 now. Like, I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't have that benefit of doubt of saying, oh, I'm 23, so I'm mature for my age. Because now it's like, nope, I'm right aligned and uh, I'm about to be 30, so, you know, <laughs> got to start acting more like an adult now. And um, I think that that's a great point right there, especially it's all a journey, right? And uh, maturing and just growing into that mature woman that we're, we are destined to be. So thank you for sharing. And I think also uh, that point on what you won't want to be, which is stagnant is even more important, right? Because that's what even pushes you past that on realizing, you know, I got some more growing up I can do. I got some more maturing right. that I can do with how I handle situations and even how I just am in general, right? And understanding that and wanting to push yourself and not be stagnant, which was a great point. So thank you for sharing. Uh, did anybody want to go next or piggyback off of anything I said, Zay said... Miss Mimi. Good luck to you, Zay. Okay, black you know, Good luck to you, honey. You do whatever you put your mind to believe that. Thank you. Thank you. And it says that it says it takes seven to eight years to feel successful when you become an entrepreneur, so don't you feel bad when you start your business and things are slow because, you know, yeah, yeah, that's what I got to say here. And keep praying up. Mm. And I'm going to say it like this. Being a single mother, I don't know if you're a single mother, but that is very hard for me. Um, I thought me and my man was going to be together forever, so, you know, <laughs> on that note, the the, the person I want to be and become, I want to become more strong in my individual um, aspects of life, you know, instead of always needing so much help or feeling like I need so much help. You know, and when I say so much help, I mean like babysitters, breaks from the children. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's that's my number one thing that I have problem with. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard trying to write and do a lot of things when I got four little ones <laughs> mm-hmm. always here, but I have to learn to adapt. You know, so I want to become that person who adapts and accepts what I have going on right now. It's been a, it's been a kind of hard doing that. Mm. You know. oh, that's, but that's beautiful. And, and just, you know, like you said, becoming stronger. That you think about it. If, if we wanted to become stronger physically, we would have to go to the gym and work out, right? That's not that's something <laughs> that just comes naturally. You know, it's something that like you right. said, you have to want and you have to fight for and work at. And um get used to right because that's just something like you said you have to adapt to especially when circumstances change and you was building your whole life thinking one thing and now you gotta adapt right and and that's not easy and that strength comes with that and comes exactly from that right you asking god you know to give you strength and these are those lessons that god gotta give you to strengthen you which isn't easy but when you come out on the other side it's not even gonna strengthen just you but it's gonna strengthen your children because they're gonna see how you were strengthened in that and everything like that so 
That's great. And so I would say, what is one thing you would not want to become as you're like going through this um, becoming stronger? Well, what I don't want to become is, uh, again, depressed again. Um, I feel it's depression. You know, stress is very normal for us humans to have. So I'm not going to say stress because we can stress over the little things, the big things, you know, out of nowhere to be stressed. Same with depression, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, when we wasn't talking for a while, I was taking a meditation class mm-hmm. at uh, my college and everything, trying to get my mind right and everything. So I think, you know, me learning that I was already self-meditating, which I didn't even know I was doing which is daydreaming, you know. Um, they say that self-medication, like when you do all that overwhelming, when you just start thinking and you just think about your daily things or your future and, you know, that self-meditation, I didn't even know that. And my teacher just told me to close my eyes when I notice I'm doing that. And inhale, take breaths, you know. So that's been working a lot, you know, self-meditation med- and, uh, do a little yoga. You know, I used to do yoga back in my younger days. <laughs> Not be trying to tell my age or nothing, but back when I was 19, 20, I used to do a little yoga here and there. So sometimes I get in the mood to do it, and I do that. And another thing I don't want to become is just basically a statistic. Everything they think us black women, single black moms are, you know, that's my biggest fear is to be trapped you know, where I am now, or, you know, to, to, like, watching my mother, I feel like she could have done so much more here with her life and done so much more than what she's doing now, and I just, just, uh, that's a fear of me becoming like her, or, you know, like, basically breaking, you know, I want to break the general, what is it, that, um, what I'm thinking about oh, generational, generational curse. curses. Yes. Yes. I want to break that. So I have a big fear of just, you know, having getting food stamps all my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. asking people for stuff all the time. And, mm-hmm. You know, I that's my biggest fear that I can't and I won't do that. Ooh, and that's such a great point, especially when you say. Because, like, we said, how, how Michelle had to look at that, like, it comes from our parents, right? And looking like, oh, what we don't want to continue to happen. Like you said, you can see your mom and know what she did, but know that there was even more. And letting that be some of that fuel that keeps you going for yours so that when they look at you, they see that, oh, mommy tried and did more. And so now I can keep that going, too. And that's already you breaking those curses right there, right? Because they're not growing up. Because, you know, once you become grown, you look around and you just be thinking like mm-hmm. why my mother didn't do more why my grandmother didn't do more like children don't stop me from doing anything and I hate the fact that people you know what I'm saying it, it really makes me uncomfortable sometimes when when um that generation ahead of us some parents claim oh you know I was a single mom and shoot you know I had to do what I had to do and you know I couldn't go back to school I ain't had time to go back to school and all this mad that no, but in actuality, I think about it. All the things she was worried about was all the wrong things. Yeah, 
Trust me, you know. I, I feel that a thousand percent. Y'all know my mom used to be right here, and she's still worried about the wrong things. So I ain't even gonna go there. <laughs> I ain't even gonna go there. They just be, they just be moms stuck in their own way, doing their own thing. You just gotta know, right? Time. You, like, like, you figure out your five. thing, then, okay? Right. You be like mom. Right. Wait, are you serious? Wait. Yeah. I don't do that. I can't do that. Right. And all you can do is do what you're doing to be that example. Like you said, for your girls, for even for your own mother, for for those around you, your cousins, the generations that's going to come mm-hmm. after you that could be like, no, you know what? We knew Black Queen had four kids and ended up, you know, being a single mother and still continue writing more books, still continue going to, to the fairs, advertising her, her books, regardless of everything that happened, everybody that she may have lost along the path and that just pushed hey, her hey. even further. You know? Stop that. He said don't. He so said nobody. These kids doing okay. all kinds of stuff right now. Like, no biting. biting. <laughs> I guess somebody hungry. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that is good stuff. Well, thank you for sharing, Black Queen. I really appreciate you for being here, adding your um, yes. input. And yes, great gems right there. And even with that daydreaming, I definitely am a big daydreamer. I was over here using my dream journal. That's so funny. And, and I had to start trying to write my little yes. daydreams down. Like, oh, let me start capturing this stuff. So I think that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. It is very... that They, they claim that um, those that daydream are one of the smartest people on earth. So I believe you it. Know. I believe it. I see the future you know, I'm daydreaming. I'm like, I'm a visionary, okay? Say, don't fight the feeling. And like like I said, once you feel, like my teacher told me, you feel that, you feel you daydream, close your eyes, inhale deep, exhale out, and, and all those worries and whatever that was in your mind, it, it literally goes away. Nice. I, I literally feel much better. Because I be stressed, like, oh, I gotta clean the house, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta, you know what I'm saying? I gotta, do, I gotta fold clothes, I gotta, I got washcloth. I got do hair. I got, and then I just be like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Right. So much. Right. Because, like you said, that's stressing. That ain't going to fold the laundry for you. It's just going to make you stress about exactly. folding that laundry. You know? So. Exactly. Great stuff right there. Well, thank you again for sharing. Yeah, thank um, you. For sure. Miss Mimi. Well, as the grandmother of the group. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out to you. You repping you repping for all of y'all. I'd be over here like if Mimi can do it, I got faith that you 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 need it here. You know, we all got different um audiences that we appealing to. <laughs> but um so you guys shared so many great things and one thing that I heard, I can't remember who said it about fear. Um Faith and fear cannot reside in the same place. Mm. So you can have like a fear of something or you can flip it to where Mm. you're working in your faith. Because if you're working in your fear, what you're fearing is going to come to pass. So just know that fear and faith cannot reside in the same space. Like you have to have the faith that it's going to happen and do the work and all of that. Um, but like what Black Queen, I think, just said about the generational curses, I was like, since a few decades ago, we'll say, on a mission to not be on medication because everyone in my family was. And that was something I was like, I'm not going to do it. 
And to this day, when I go to the doctor, I can go to the dentist. And, you know, they're like, do you have diabetes? Do you have cholesterol? Do you have some? Nothing. And they, like, go back over the list again as if I lied. No. (laughs) I said it the first time. I meant what I said. And, no, I don't. But it has been a mission of mine for the longest time. Um, And it's, it's just something that I worked at. And a lot of times my mom, see, I'm like, my mom, I always say is my number one best friend, but as much as she gets on me, I get on her. So like, she'll have physical ailments and things going on. And I'm like, did you do your stretches? Did you do your yoga? Oh, you just wait until you're my age. And I said, well, I'm your age. I'm going to be kicking my leg up. Okay. Just I, just as I did okay. <laughs> years ago because I'm doing my yoga, I'm doing stretches, I'm staying active. Mm-hmm. And it's always like when she doesn't move and do those things mm-hmm. that she gets tightened. But I have to like talk to her like that sometimes. And I mean, it's all out of love. And she knows that it's, it's out of love. But I never like she'll be like, oh, you just wait. I'm like, I'm not claiming that. You can keep that right over there. <laughs> wow. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. But to answer the question about um, what am I becoming? So one thing that I can say that I've been hyper aware of, especially since the pandemic, is the ego. And I mean, I feel like I'm a nice person. I'm generous. I'm easy to get along with. But my ego sometimes will get in the way of some things. And when I tell you that switch will flip, And I'm just like, oh, no. But, I mean, to the point where I will make decisions, Mm -hmm. used to make decisions sometimes, a little bit out of spite, a little bit just because somebody might say, oh, I don't think she can do that or this, that, and the other. Who cares what they think? Who cares? Like, I know that I can, so I need to make sure that I do things for me. So just letting go, being egoless is has been my goal. And I have to check myself sometimes because, and I don't, talk to everyone about everything but there are certain people in my life that I know they're experts on this or they're good for this or you know what I mean so I can go to them um because it was something that I wanted to have done I wanted a procedure to have done for my fibroids and I was at first like this is what I want to do but then I was still on the fence of you know the holistic approach and I was just afraid of being in a certain situation so I was kind of pushing myself to get this procedure done but someone that I don't have a whole lot of respect for, um, I really don't talk to that often. They heard from someone and then decide to call me and tell me like what I should and shouldn't do. And I legitimately felt like I was going to do this procedure just because I didn't want them to tell me what I needed to do, even though what they were saying was right. And so I had um, shared it with my mom, and she was like, well, I know you don't like the messenger, blah, blah, blah. So then I called one of my nurse friends, and I was like, girl, I am in my ego right now. I explained to her everything, and she's like, okay, walk me through. And then I was like, okay, well, this makes more sense. Um, And then I just had to get over it because at the end of the day, who cares? Who freaking cares? And so with that, what I am determined not to become is a person that lives their life based on societal norms. Mm -hmm. I've always been against that pretty much. Like, oh, you know, when I was married, when I got married, oh, you're going to have kids? No, I don't want to have kids right away. Like, I want to be married, 
for some years and then decide if I want to have, and thank God I did because I'm not married no more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, like I, I don't have to go with what society expects. And I've even recently have been in situations because no one ever knows my age. And then when they find out my age, they're like, what? Yeah. So I had this one lady that I was doing business with. I'm supporting her business. And she gave me this whole thing. Well, don't you want kids? And, you know, that's you're a woman and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm at a point in my life where I've made the decision that I'm a great aunt. I thrive in that position. I'll take some God kids any day. Um, or I'll be auntie to my friends' kids, but for me personally, I'm at a point in my life where I'm good. Like I'm okay. My siblings have kids. I can enjoy them. It's a good thing. So just not falling into what society expects mm-hmm. you to do, because trust the people that are judging or have something to say. If you really like double click on their life and see what's going on, you'll be like, "Oh, you're trying to get me caught up in that mess? No, thank you." So that's pretty much it. <laughs> Ooh, Mimi, you dropped a low right there. That is a good one right there, especially when you talk about how that feeling, that in spite of feeling, right? And how that goes with ego. Because it's like, I've always been one of those people that I'm like, I don't really got too big of an ego. You know, sometimes I might be like, you, my biggest thing when it comes to ego is you wouldn't treat this person like that, so don't treat me like this just because I'm not like that person. That's where my ego come into play and it be like, what? But when you talk about doing things in spite of because somebody told you, it's like, I could definitely see that. And that is such a big lesson. Think about how many decisions we do or don't make because somebody told you not to do and you like, I don't want them to even think I didn't do it because they told me not to do it. So now I got to do it. And it's who cares? Right. And it's like the wrong motivation. It's the wrong motivation to get stuff done. And I I really didn't realize it until, I don't know if I read something or a million podcasts I listened to or whatever. And I was like, I may got a little ego going on, you know? Okay. (laughs) Uh, when you said that, I'm like, okay, I can see that's where that ego is, though. That that definitely makes sense. And um, and I like that how you claim that that's something that you you know gotten over. And like you said, you understand what's best for what you're trying to accomplish, and not appeasing society by making decisions that's going to change your life. You're going to have to feed babies and raise them for for their life, and not making those kind of decisions because you know that's what you want for your life and what your purpose is and what you're going to have to accomplish. So I think that was such a great point, especially because, um, you know, like, like that was one of the points Michelle made where you you're making these decisions just because you don't want to hear those questions or people having to ask you that. And you have now an answer to that. Instead, it's a lot easier just to go with what everybody says so that, Oh, okay, good job. And you can get some type of kudos that everybody feels like they get. Cause you're supposed to be doing certain things. And it's like, who was that really benefiting at the end of the day? Is it benefiting them or is it benefiting you? Like, who is really getting benefiting from that? So that's such a great point right there. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so I guess I will wrap it up with mine then. Um, I know a lot of people have talked about their generations before that. And I think that is such a great point that we have all kind of brought that up. And seeing, you know, what our folks have done before and 
pinpointed the things that we've seen and don't want to be or become and that's always been one of like those things that have motivated me as well uh when i was growing up when i was like um when i was growing up nobody had went to college in my family a lot of my cousins got pregnant early i'm from new york so it's like a lot of my people have been doing a lot of wild things all my life and all i knew is I didn't want to do none of that. Like, I'm like, I don't know what it is I want to do, but I know I don't want to do none of that. You know, so even growing up, I learned how to braid hair on my little mannequin. So I'm like, oh, I want to have my own hair salon. Then I, you know, start getting a little older and it's like, okay, well, I want to um, become a physical therapist. Not only that, but I'm like, I want my own physical therapy. You know, and then I get into real estate and I'm like, well, I want my own brokerage. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I don't know what I want to become, but I know I want to own my own business. I know I want to be successful. I know I want to have something that I can continue to pass down for generations so that they do not continue to start over and feeling like they have to come dig in the dirt too and have to keep starting from scratch. And with that, that's what I've always wanted. What it, you know, is being successful and having a, a good foundation that the next can come and continue to nurture, you know, and not continue to waste time starting in the soil. You know, imagine if the soil was already prepared and all you got to do is come drop your next seed or come and water the seeds, how much further we can continue to go. But if each generation has to keep starting over or is backwards, because, you know, we, we all saying we got these general generational curses, we breaking it, we breaking, we still a, a step back, you know, still trying to get up to the normal step and then moving forward. And that's something that I've always wanted. And so with that being said, something that I do not want to become is delayed. That is something that I always fight is to be on time. I want to be in God's timing, in God's purpose, you know, be at the right place at the right time so that I'm always that vessel that God has me here to be and not deterred or distracted and delayed in any kind of way because, oh, I'm so open minded that I start spending too much energy in different places where it's like, no, this is what God has for me. This is my purpose. And this is what's going to be able to, again, create that foundation that the next will be able to build on. Even when, you know, Michelle said, having that door open and letting others in, you know, continue to build that house that has this door that others can continue to come into. Um, so that's definitely something that I'm always fighting to become every single day, always striving to become better in that become a better woman and be be successful. You know, I still don't feel like I really know what it feels like myself to be successful. You know, even when Black Queen was like not being dependent on someone. I that's why I still, you know, like Mimi said, when everybody saying, you know, I got a little ego when it comes to that, oh, well, I still want to feel see what it feels like to be successful. But it's like again, taking that ego aside and understanding that this is a whole trinity that we got here and what we're building for the whole world for humanity you know y'all know we be out here trying to tell people what's going on so that everybody can be good because we understand it even takes more than us we we all family we all connected we all been talking for what a solid year now you know we all we all connected with each other that it's like i want to see everybody win and um help everybody win and continue to build with each other in any kind of way to make sure that we all successful at that and that's really what, what I want to become is a successful person surrounded by other successful people so that, you know, we can look back and be like, man, think about 
back in the day when we was first started and look how far we've come now and actually can see these fruits of our labor because that's also the, something that I don't feel like I've gotten to see often you know working two three jobs to go to college but I didn't graduate college because eventually that runs out starting a clothing line but I'm not a whole established clothing line because eventually that burns out you know so again just shooting for that success um and being in God's timing more than anything and not being delayed so that's what um I'm trying to become and what I do not want to become all in one and you know just being something proud that that my kid and their kids can look at and be like oh man grandma mo did it and now i know we can all do it and you know and people see that and continue to be inspired just be that inspiration to continue to inspire people to do more so great conversation ladies did anybody else have anything they wanted to add about the book about anything we've shared talked about this has definitely been an interesting story shout out to you michelle obama like i said i would have appreciated some more of them gory details of behind the scenes would really be happening but <laughs> but it was still a really good story like i said really inspirational motivational to um hear her talk about where she's come and where how she became all that she is and still striving for more even her despite her age maybe you talk about your age but i'm sure michelle obama feel like you know she done got to a certain age and like you said still not like oh well i am where i am so i'm just waiting for the day i go now and i've become successful i've been there done that i'm just go kick my feet up and chill and this is it now you know there's always more and this is a continuous journey until the day we go and then that's even the next journey because who knows what that looks like, right? I think that's even the next start of something. Who knows what? So great conversation, though. Did anybody have anything they wanted to share before we go or add on? Um, I forgot to mention, thank you, Black Queen, for the meditation. That's something I have been working on, <laughs> semi-working on. But just in the moment, just being able to stop and close your eyes. I'm a daydreamer, too. Like, people will ask me, like, what's your favorite thing to do? I love to daydream. I don't know. And I, I believe it's connected to, like, visualizing, like, your future and, like, things like that. Like, I don't know. I just love to daydream. So thank you guys for that. And I'm going to try and incorporate what you were saying about the meditation because I will, like. Yes. Meditation is best. I will <laughs> I'll do the guided one and then I'm like listening, but then my mind is still like <laughs> Okay, um I'm gonna tell you like this. Meditation is really hard for me to do when the kids are up. So guess what I do? Sometimes I get in the bathtub and I meditate. Okay. So if you if you if you find yourself so busy during the day, you can't do it or whatever. You can always get in that bathtub and do it as well. And I, I had told my classmates about that because they—I don't think anyone really knew about that either. But because I was trying, you know, it was part of my class credits to meditate at home. So I'm like, how am I going to do this? I—I <laughs> I don't know. I'm be lying to the teacher saying I did it and I didn't. <laughs> so I was like, but then you found oh, something that I'm works for you by myself, right? Right. I found some works for me, and I was like, okay. So I told her about it, and she was like, okay. And yes, and always before bedtime, too, is always good. Mm. Right before bed, like after the bath, I I listen to these YouTube rain Mm. 
and fire um like fire meditations those are good too Nice. Man, that's amazing. I definitely took took notes of that as well because I, I was I'm definitely a daydream like we we all been talking about. I've been on some that's so raven like see the future visionary. I, I always thought that was in touch right. some visionary stuff because you know like like Mimi said you start visualizing and really living in mm-hmm. that and even um piggybacking off of what Mimi said fear and faith can't live in that same vision though right and so mm-hmm. just a lot of those things where it's like you know let go of that fear and and when you're mm-hmm. dating then visualize what it's like when we are all these things that we are becoming you know and living in that moment and seeing that knowing that that's coming so that once you hear in that present you are you already know I know um we, we had our little our little last um I think last week or last month where we had to do this activity, I don't know if you got yours, but I got my little index card with my goal on what I'm really trying to become. And like, this is like my dream. And, you know, in those moments when I'm like, I don't know, this is what I look at. You know, I wake up in the morning, look at it like, okay, now I got purpose in my day. Go to dream thinking about it. You know, in those moments when I'm like, man this is annoying I think about it like no well I got this goal right here that I know I'm working towards you know and that those are the things that I try to put in that vision and keep visualizing about until it is here in this moment and um you know that's what keeps us making sure we are on that track so it really does all come together in so many amazing ways and this is why I love having these conversations with you ladies where we can all share our different perspectives and really learn from each other and even why Michelle Obama said that's why that's how we all become right because we all took something from each other so that we can become uh, uh, amazing women you know and continue mm-hmm. to pour into others and all that we can be so thank you so much for joining this has been an amazing conversation I'm even more excited about our book next week like I said that one really gets into some juiciness and like humans and the creation of humans and that one was um, I actually have seen an interview that Barack Obama was having and he talked about that book so I thought it was cool how we read about Michelle Obama and their whole journey and now this is the book that Obama actually said uh, influenced him a lot so I think it would be really mm-hmm. interesting to read a book that influenced him and kind of get the flip side of that so really excited to continue to dive into this all of our listeners that's listening Share in the comments what you want to become and what you refuse to become. Whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, wherever you're at, we definitely appreciate you for tapping in. And just know this is not the last that you'll ever see any of us here. Because uh, as we hear, we got a lot that we becoming and we are not stopping until we get there and beyond. So thank you so much. I hope everyone has a great rest of your evening. Bye. See ya.